You know, one of the things that, that I was thinking about even just this morning was that as we celebrate Advent, we, we obviously, you know, the, the term Advent is, is, a, is arrival. It is the arrival of Jesus. And we think about in the Christmas season, the first arrival of Jesus, it also causes something to rise in us to, to, to have an expectancy for the second arrival of Jesus because the word of God tells us he's coming again. And this time he won't come as, as a baby be in a manger, but he will, he will come as king. He, he will come to, to rule and to reign. And so uh, we have this expectancy for, for uh, Jesus's arrival. And not only did he arrive, um, but, but he brought with him things for us to receive. That, that there are things that, that arrived with him. And, and that's often what we talk about in the Advent season where, where he came and he brought love. He brought hope, he brought joy, he brought peace. And, and that's often in the, the different series that you do around the Advent season, what you kind of hone in on. And today we're gonna be talking about peace. Peace is, uh, can be referred to as that which uh, the human heart, that every human heart needs, uh, perhaps more than any other thing, a place of just inner peace, a pa- place of relational peace, uh, uh, understanding that I have peace in my relationships, I have peace with who I am, who I've been made to be, and ultimately that we have peace with God. And, and so th- this is something that kind of brings us all together as a place of common need, that we have a, a longing to experience peace. And, and today we're going to look at this word and, and, uh, and look at the word of God almost uh, in, in more of a word study fashion than a, than a typical sermon might be. But we really want to dig into this word peace to fully understand what it is that Jesus has afforded us, what it is that his coming established that we have the opportunity to experience and perhaps to see why we often do not and how can we enter into that intended experience um, that he has for us. So I want to begin in, in the book of Numbers chapter 6 and we're going to be kind of making a progression from the Old Testament into the New Testament as we try to capture the fullness uh, of the this word and this concept of peace. Number six, 24 through 26 is the ironic blessing. It is a word that God spoke to Moses to speak over his brother Aaron and to his sons who were the priests of Israel. It says this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. This became a a familiar kind of blessing that would be spoken over the people. It was a blessing that oftentimes would be be put on a scroll and laid in, in 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 the tomb, would go to the grave with people. The blessing of God, that God is with you, that his his face would be upon you, that his countenance would shine on you, and that he would give you peace. This concept of peace became so prevalent in, in the life of the, 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 the Hebrew person that it became the greeting. It became the, the everyday greeting that you would say to a friend or a neighbor or a passerby. You would greet them with shalom, 
peace, peace be with you, peace be upon you. And they would respond, uh, shalom to you, that you would receive the peace of God. And so it was very common vernacular, something that people used every day. They spoke it out over one another every day. And so in that place, in that way, it was commonplace. At the same time, this word has a, a very deep, insightful, dense theological meaning that's very rich. And, and it's something that I want us to, to more uh, fully understand today. And that is that this word shalom, uh, that we say peace, is not simply the, the absence of hostility or war. It's not uh, just a truce that's being made. It's actually the opposite of hostility. So it's not just the ending of hostility. It is, it is the opposite of that, where uh, we're, we're speaking of a, of a welfare, of a well-being, uh, and, it, and it really has the connotation of a wholeness that, that speaks to a, a, a completeness in life, that we are receiving from God a holistic health for our spirit, mind, uh, soul, and body. And that was this understanding of shalom that we, that we have in God. It's a, it's a very large embracing word for the good that comes to the one that God favors. So it, it embraces all of the, the goodness of God that comes to those who follow him. And, and one of the first ways that we want to understand shalom is that it comes from God, Psalm 29, 11 says, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. So the Lord brings peace. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, uh, I couldn't keep that one back. Uh, so the Lord blesses his people. Bless me. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Lord blesses his people with peace. Um, and, and, so, cause, and here's why that's important. Uh, it's important because uh, sometimes we feel like we are going after peace and we're, we're straining for it and we're striving for it and we're trying to find it and all of these types of things. We're trying to find it in ourselves through quiet contemplation or meditation or whatever it might be. But, but here's the thing, true shalom, the, the true peace that comes in a holistic, complete way only comes from God. It, shalom is, is impossible to, to come by apart from him and his presence and the fact that he gives it. There's no amount of work that you can do. There's no amount uh, of, of, of quietness that you can, can find yourself in that will bring you the kind of lasting, uh, permanent peace that comes in God. And so it comes from him. Uh, not only is it a, a peace that we, uh, that we enjoy it personally with God, but there is a relational shalom that he brings. In Proverbs 16, 7, it says that where a man, uh, where a man, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And, and so there is this shalom that comes in, in relationships. God desires to bring a shalom in relationships, even to those that were hostile to you, that were adversaries. And again, that's not just the ceasing of hostility, but that's the entering into peaceful relationship uh, and, and friendship that is having uh, a, a, a being able to to have wholeness in in relationship. And it's what God desires to bring. It, it impacts every area of our lives. And, and, uh, and I want us to notice kind of the condition, though. 
the conditional aspect of what we read in Proverbs 16, 7, when it says, when a man's ways please the Lord, then God brings the peace. So there is this kind of condition that uh, as we walk with him, and, and what I mean by condition is, is to say that the shalom of God is linked uh, to righteousness. We see it said like this in Isaiah 32, 17. And the work of righteousness will be peace. And the service of righteousness, quietness, and confidence forever. And so there's something about righteousness, about, about holy living, about wanting to come under the, and, and follow the ways of God that leads to peace. And, and I, I think this is true because of a couple of things. For one, um, God is, is pleased. There, there is the favor of God for those that, that obey him. There is friendship with God in that place. God wants to come behind those and strongly support those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And so we have this overarching spiritual reality of the favor of God that comes on a people who seek him, who seek him wholeheartedly. And so we, we understand that as we come to him. Uh, I also want to say this about the ways of God. As you know, um, there are different rules and regulations in the Bible. There's commands and there, there, there are things that we're taught to do and, and, and ways that we're taught to follow him. Now, we don't, we don't relate with God based on those things. Uh, praise God, we relate to him uh, based on the grace of God and the mercy of God. Uh, where, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and, and it made a way for us to, to walk with him. It is then the response of those who have been saved by his grace to say, I want to follow you. I want to walk in your ways. And that's to, to please you in that overarching kind of spiritual aspect that we talked about. But it's also with the understanding that your ways are for our best. That, that the things that you say are not arbitrary. They're not just things you put out there as kind of litmus test to see if we're going to obey or not obey and like, oh, he did that time or whatever. They're actually things that are for our good. That when we follow in the statutes and the ways of God, there is going to be even a, not, not only the spiritual blessing, but a natural blessing in, in the way we, we walk those things out. There, there will be more healthy relationships. Uh, there will be more of the fruit of the Spirit that's coming out in the dynamics of our lives. And so we understand that the, the laws and the ways of God are for our good in a very practical way uh, that brings a, 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 a greater peace to, to our lives. And so we, we understand the ways that, that God works uh, in bringing peace. In Psalm 38.3 says it kind of in the, in the opposite fashion where it says, because of, because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. So sin leads to the absence of shalom. It's one of the reasons I like this passage. It, it speaks again to that shalom a little differently than we would in the way it even affects uh, our physical bodies. Um, there's no health in my body. There's no sound, soundness in my bones because of my sin, because there's no peace between me and, and God. And so sin leads to the, an absence of peace. Where righteousness makes way for peace, sin leads to an absence of peace. Where we just know that there's something not right. There's, there's something off in the way uh, of our givenness to sin, rather a, a givenness uh, to righteousness. And so we're invited to that place of being, being given to righteousness that we might experience the peace of God. 
Now, I want us to read one more passage here from the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 9 is a a very familiar Christmas passage, if you will. But uh, obviously, at the time that it was written, it was not a Christmas passage. There was no Christmas. It was just a passage that was really exciting. It was really hope-filled because it spoke of the Messiah to come. And, and And it spoke... Of, uh, of a child that would be born. It says this in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This passage of scripture is is speaking of a a time of of peace where the shalom of God will will be fulfilled. It it speaks earlier in in Isaiah 9 of of the the weapons of warfare being melted down and turned to plowshares. It speaks of of a a time of prosperity and well-being for the people of God uh, because this child is coming, because a Messiah is to to be born and, and he will be a wonderful counselor. Counselor. He, will be, he will be God in the flesh. He will uh, be everlasting father. He will be prince of peace. And, and there, there's this idea spoken of that as this prince of peace comes, that there will be a, a continual increase of two things, of his government and of his peace. And I want to talk about that in the light of Jesus. I want to talk about that in in light of Ephesians chapter 2. So we're going to keep moving here as we look at the different places that the shalom comes. And what we see here is that Jesus was the arrival of peace, that he preached the gospel of peace. It says this in, in verse 13 of Ephesians 2, but now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So when we talk about the shalom of God, when we talk about the fact that we cannot experience the shalom of God in and of ourselves, but it's something that God gives us, well, he has ultimately given us that peace through the person of Jesus, who the word of God says is himself our peace. And so as we translate this idea of shalom into today, we recognize that the shalom that God intends for us, the, the well-being, the, the, vi- the vibrancy of, of life, uh, the, the fullness of life does not come outside of knowing the person of Jesus. He himself was the gift of peace. And the gospel of peace is that through the the work of Jesus on the cross, that the dividing wall of hostility, 
this dividing wall that, that divided uh, us and God. The, the wall that we had no ability uh, to, to tear down or to break through was broken down by the work of Jesus at the cross so that we might have peace with God. The very thing that we needed. And, and, and what we see is that to many of the, the people living in Israel during the time of Jesus, there was disappointment in that he did not overthrow uh, the, the, the Roman rule of the time. They thought that the Messiah would have some kind of earthly uh, rule and, and reign and overthrow their oppressors because they thought that was their greatest place of need. If we could only throw off the oppression uh, of the, the Roman rule, then we would be free. But God knew other. God knew better in that that is not your main problem. Your main problem is your oppression to sin. Your, your main problem is that you are enslaved to sin and there is a wall of hostility between you and God because of it. And he has been devising ways to, to get you back to himself and that it comes in the person of the Messiah, in the person of Jesus who broke down the wall of hostility so that we might have peace with God, the very thing that we needed, the very thing that the human heart longs for and is frustrated when they don't achieve it, when they don't know it. They're, they're searching for it throughout life because they don't have peace with God. Because it's what we were made for, that right relationship with Him, and it came through the person of Jesus. In, in the midst of our brokenness, He brought a, a wholeness and fullness of restoration. And so it's not just a truce that we have with God. It's a fullness of, of right, rightly relating with him. Colossians 1 uh, verses 19 and 20 say it this way. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus. And through him, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And so there has been a process of reconciliation, that we have been reconciled to God. We've been made right with God. We ha there has been peace made with us and God through the work of Jesus on the cross. And so we can rightly relate to him. I want us to understand peace in this way. Read with me in John chapter 14, verses 25 through 27. Jesus is speaking and he says this, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace, I leave you. I, I have a picture in my mind of um, ha having guests stay in our house and uh, they've, they've left one morning and you know, you go up to the, you go to the, you go to the guest room and uh, you begin kind of straightening it or whatever and you find a, you find a hundred dollars there on the bed and you're like, oh no, I need to let them know they left money here, right? So you call them, hey, you left some money here. No, I, I, I left that for you. I left it for you. 
And so Jesus is saying, my peace, I, I, I leave you. I've left something for you. My peace, I give to you. That $100, that's, that's yours. I'm, I'm giving it to you. Uh, I, I want you to have that. And, and so when we think about peace, I don't want us to think about it in, in light of something that we're trying to grasp because we do know that peace can feel very elusive, Right, because we know, okay, yeah, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We know uh, that, that that is something that we, need, we, we should operate in, but at times it can feel very elusive, where, where we can feel easily stressed, where, where we can feel um, uh, worried about things going on, where, where we can feel fearful about things in life. And, and so it, it can be very elusive for us. And it feels like we're grasping for it. And what I want us to know is that we, we have it. It's not something that we're grasping for. It's not something we're straining for, but it's something that has been left for us, that has been something that has been given to us. And so I want us to think about it almost in a, in a tangible way where Jesus has said, I have given this to you. You have it, you possess it. And so what does it look like for us to walk in it, to walk in the reality of it? To not be like, well, I'm just a fearful person. Well, I'm just, I'm just a worried person. Or well, this is just a stressful season or, or a, a, of, of life or time of the year. That, that, that we would reject all of those notions. That we would not even just kind of verbally or casually say, well, yeah, it's just a stressful season of life. That's just the way it's going to be. Sometimes I can relegate different seasons of my life. We've got six kids. Like, okay, until they're out of house, that's just the way it's going to be. It's going to be a little stressful. It's going to be a little chaotic. And, and of course, there are things that, that are crazy about life. But what we're talking about is a reality of shalom that we're not just saying it's just going to be a stressful season. Or we're just going to have to, but, but rather say, no, I've got something that God has given me uh, so that I, my hearts won't be troubled and I won't be afraid. Because he's given us peace. And, and don't think this, that, that peace is, is the absence of, of chaos in, in the world around you. That if, if you're waiting for that kind of peace, you're going to be waiting a long time. But actually, Jesus, Jesus says this in, in John chapter 16, verse 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, so, so here's a, an important reality. What we're talking about it, when we talk about shalom is not an absence of, of hard things in life. Uh, when we talk about shalom, we're not talking about your life being a cakewalk now um, because you walk with Jesus, but we are talking about an, an inner reality. We're talking about a, 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 um, a reality in God that, that you can walk in that provides shalom in your life, a, a wholeness, a completeness where you understand that you have right relationship with God. I'm rightly related to him. And even though I, I have sin and rebellion in my heart, he has made me clean. As, as Greg shared with us earlier, he's, he's cleaned us. He, we've been washed and purified. And now he, God sees me through the, the lens of Christ Jesus who gave up his life for me. And now I am free and I can experience life and life to the full, which is what Jesus came to give. I can, I can operate and, and experience peace with God. And when I have peace with God, I'm rightly related to him, then, then that makes me begin to, to realize the truth about who I am, that I have value, 
that, that I have worth because of who he says that I am. Because I, uh, I am a son or a daughter uh, of his. And so I have inherent worth and value. And he sees something in me. And so then I begin to have this shalom uh, when it comes to relating even to myself. And then we're called to be um, a, a peacemakers, like shalom makers. And that happens only by the, the grace of God when we experience peace in him and we begin to give it away. Because do you know when there is a, a life lived that expresses the shalom of God, that that is a message that people are attracted to. Because they're longing for peace in a chaotic world, in, in a divisive world, in a world where it feels like there's animosity around every corner. They're, they're looking for peace and ultimately looking, whether they know it or not, for, for peace in right relationship with God, the one who created them, who loved them and made them for relationship with himself. And so when we can operate in that depth of shalom it it is it speaks volumes uh to the world around us uh in 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 ways that they're longing to hear and so god is inviting us today in in a more tangible way than ever before to step in to the shalom of god and we're not waiting for our, our circumstances to change we're not waiting for the chaos around us to 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 die down we're, we're, we're recognizing a, a spiritual, theological reality that we have been given peace, that Jesus himself is our peace. And that when we don't operate in that peace, we are operating contrary to who we are in Jesus. Because if we're in him, we experience his peace. And so when we operate outside of the shalom of God, we are operating outside of the realm of peace that he's given his life up for us to experience. And you know, there's, there's places in life that maybe we even need to identify at times where we know that, that the enemy comes in and tries to, to steal peace, right? For me, um, some of those closest to me, my family, will often identify that on, on Saturday afternoons and evenings, I, I start to lose a, a little bit of the shalom. Um, I just got, you know, it's, I don't even know what's happening, but just, you know, Sundays and preparing for message and all that kind of thing, I start to, I guess, internally feel a little anxiety and they're, uh, they're, they're recognizing that dad's not uh, walking in the fullness of the shalom of, of Jesus right now. And so for me, I know that on Saturdays, I've got to be really intentional. I'm more intentional probably than any other day of the week about like, okay, I need, I need to walk in the shalom because I can start feeling a little bit of that stress, a little bit of that, okay, it's coming. Uh, so much so that sometimes on those little random Monday holidays, uh, it feels like a Saturday and I'll start feeling that again. I'm like, oh wait, no. It's, it's another week, you know, like it's just that little, that little piece of, of, of uh, needing the shalom of God. Like, okay, God, you're, you're good. Uh, you're with me. I'm going to step into to, to that place of uh, just right thinking, of, of wholeness. Uh, you know, Psalm, Psalm 23 is a great way to do that. Like he leads me beside quiet waters. He takes me into green pastures. Like he, he's, he's good. He prepares a table before me in the most random place in the presence of my enemies. 
when there's adversaries all around, doesn't seem like the right time to be just like sitting down and, and having a feast. It seems like the time to be ready for a fight or something. But he says, no, even in that, that place. And, and why is that? I think peace increases in that place because we allow his authority to increase in that place. We, we see that the, we, in Isaiah 9, the, the increase of his government and his peace knows no end. And so the more that we can come in and come under and trust in his authority, who he is, that he is, he is God, that he is Lord, he is King, we come under that authority of his rule and his reign, we come under his peace. There, there is a peace that comes with knowing that he is in control, that he is who he says he is, that he is all that we need. There is a peace that comes. And that's why we're told that, there is an, there's, that, that the increase of peace, it, no, it knows no end when, the, when we give him the authority, the, when the government when we allow him to, to govern and rule over our lives. So Lord, let it be. I'm gonna read one more passage here, one more verse. Isaiah 26, three, it, it says this. You keep in perfect peace, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So I just want you to close your eyes with me for a moment as we just prepare to respond to God. Because I don't want us to just have information that we know about peace. I want us to respond to the invitation that God is giving us today to engage in peace, to, to step into, to, to apprehend, to lay hold of peace. And I think this is an encouragement for us that, that God keeps in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him. In other ways, that word can be translated stayed is, is that those whose minds are established in him those whose minds are sustained in him, those whose minds lay hold of him. And so to have this perfect peace, the perfect peace that comes with those whose mind is stayed on him, you, you cannot occasionally come to the Lord. It has to be stayed on him. If our mind is stayed on ourselves, if it's stayed on our problems or problem people in our lives or on anything else, we will not experience his perfect peace. Satan, the, the enemy, the, the deceiver, loves to get our minds on anything except Jesus because he wants to steal from the peace Jesus has come to give. So let me just ask you these questions. What, what is it that sustains your mind? What do you lay your mind upon? What, what upholds your mind? What does your mind stand fast upon? 
What is it established upon? What does it lean into? Because to the mind that stayed on him, that experiences perfect peace. So Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would today give us a, a fresh grace to enter in to the place of perfect peace. That Lord, we would experience the blessing of the shalom of God. The fullness of life and vitality and vibrancy that comes with the goodness of God and the favor of God in our lives. Despite troubles, despite the chaos of this world, that we would operate in a shalom that shines brightly to the world around us. That there would be a, a, a peace that passes even all our understanding that would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We love you, Lord. I invite you to stand with me. And our ministry team is gonna be up here at the front. If you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray for you. We, we believe that God answers prayer. We, we love as the church being a people that pray for one another and get in one another's boat. So if you need prayer for anything, please don't hesitate to come and just get prayer from one of our ministry team members. And specifically, if there's things in your life that you feel like are robbing you of peace, you feel like the enemy is just stealing peace from your life, we'd love to pray for you about that and just war with you and, say, and, and hope with you for, for that peace. And as always, the fronts open up. If you just need to come and get on your knees before God and say, God, here I am. I feel like I, I'm, I'm searching and grasping for peace. I feel like I'm stressed and worried. I just, I need you, God, would you come? Just move into it. Move in, step out of where you're sitting and move into the peace of God. He's inviting us into it today. And for others in the room, today you may be hearing about peace that's found in Jesus for the first time. And you don't know that peace because you don't know Jesus. We'd love to talk with you today about how you can know Jesus. He's inviting you to come to him today. He has that peace for you, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he's inviting you into it today. So if you have questions or would like to pray with somebody about how to know God, how to find this peace, we'd love to talk with you about that today. But let's not one person leave this room today without responding to God's word and his message to us.